0: He who can no longer pause to wonder and stand wrapped in awe is as good as dead. Albert Einstein Hello, Faithful Fathers, and welcome to the Faithful Fatherhood Podcast. I am Brett Etheridge, co-host of the podcast, not joined by Perry Hughes, who has been blitzkrieging it back across the country from his whirlwind adventure that some of you may have heard about in the second to last episode, I guess. Some of his crazy adventures, but they literally were driving like 700 miles a day to get home, and he was just not quite ready to join us today. But joining us today is... The one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend—my cousin Keith Neal. Yeah, there you go, nice. Keith. I don't always introduce our guests that way, so you—you uh, you truly are <laughs> one of a kind and a welcome <laughs> guest.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. I am—I'm very honored to be on um, to to listen to a couple of episodes because my father-in-law was on this. Is really cool to that to have you reach out and I'm like, wait, what? I've never I've never been on this, so that's really cool. Thank you.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. It's good to have you. And you are on in part because you're just a great guy, but mostly because you are a brand new father. So congratulations, Woo. first and foremost. Thank you. Yeah. I and so when I say brand new, it's been two months, right? Web just turned two months.
1: Yep. Two months. And then I guess it'll be Whatever however many two months plus another week is tomorrow. plus another week, yeah, it's like at this <laughs> yeah. stage
0: you're still literally counting the days, and then at some yeah. point it kind of switches over to I don't you know basically the whole first year it's you know month month a month, but and, um, um yeah, so very cool, so two months fresh as a father as a first time father, and of course, that's what we want to talk about is some perspective from a first time father. I know you're going to be a great father, but mostly I'm interested to hear just kind of you reliving some of your initial emotions and thoughts. It's so easy for those of us especially who have multiple kids. Maybe we're removed from the experience of having our own, you know, watching the birth of our kids. Maybe we have grown kids and it's easy to forget sometimes just the raw emotions, just the awe and the wonder of the whole experience and I think it's valuable to to relive that a little bit and to maybe hear it from somebody else's perspective. So, you know, that's definitely what I want to talk about today.
1: That's cool. Oh, well, excited to relive it. It's going to be great.
0: <laughs> I had uh, just one little more bit of sort of preamble. I I heard the following parenting advice somewhat recently, and it stuck with me. But as I was thinking about this conversation, I think it actually applies even more so to thinking about the birth experience of our kids. So the gentleman was talking about how when, when life's chaotic and crazy and your kids, and you'll find this out, Keith, when your kids are, you know, toddlers or, or teenagers, well, like whatever, different stages. They're like wild. I mean, I've got three boys. I've got a a girl now, but my three boys, I mean, they'll be destroying stuff in the house. They'll be yelling those, like life is crazy. (laughs) And it's like, you feel like killing them. But the advice was picture yourself in that moment, as an 80-year-old who just got a time machine and came back to this moment,
1: well, wow.
0: how would you handle the situation differently? You know, it would wow. be like, yeah. it would be the greatest thing in the world. Like you would be all about that moment. Like I don't care about the chaos and the craziness because I get to experience it again with my kids. You know, it's like you would have so much more patience for them. And Anyway, so it made a lot of sense. But as I was thinking about it, I was thinking – even more so, how cool would it be if you could time machine back to the day of your child's birth? Oh, because when they're wild and crazy or they become a teenager and you feel like killing them, it's like, yeah, but but how did I feel about you that moment I first met you? Mm-hmm. And so that's just so cool. I think it's so valuable to just try to relive it. But the the way time works, right? The further yeah. you get removed from something, you f- you forget. You f- you you swear you're going to remember it. Now there are certainly moments that are just imprinted forever on my mind. I'll I'll go to my grave remembering certain things I saw or experienced or felt. I'm confident of that. But other things sort of get fuzzy over time. So what I want to do is hear your fresh perspective on all of this. So I hope all that makes sense to you guys, a listener. And now I get to sort of ask you some questions. I'll chime in with some more thoughts as well. But uh, but first things first, tell us about your son. What's his name? Like any of the specs of when he was born? Tell us about Webb.
1: Uh, yeah. So Keith Webb Neal Jr. Uh, goes by Webb, his middle name. Uh, fun fact, I had two name changes in my life, and so uh, Webb is my father, technically second uh, stepfather in my life, but adopted me in high school. And instead of taking on his last name as my last name because I would have been the second time I changed my last name. I decided to take it on as a middle name, and so there's something to be said about cementing that name that uh, of the man who adopted me into our family's legacy by by naming our son after him. So. Uh it was really cool because uh my wife merit was a part of that process. But um Webb uh, was very average in weight and in height and we were very grateful for it, as normal as it can get. I think he was seven pounds, eleven ounces, and then I think twenty, twenty one inches. And I was like, Great, you're good. Right. So- exactly.
0: You know, full firm 10, ten fingers, ten toes, healthy
1: exactly uh for this i decided to pull up the the shared iCloud album that we have so that i can just see this and kind of be back in the moments and so um yeah he's very i mean i feel like in in the best way possible i feel like he's just your average baby yeah like he's quiet when we when we really need him to get quiet um he's now at the point where he's sleeping through the night uh we we love music and so he is also starting to like sound out his vowels so when music's playing or when we're singing you'll hear him kind of want to join in with us and that's, that's awesome. probably the highlight of anything so um it's it's just really fun having him in the house i've said this and i'm starting to hear more people say it they're like man web is just so cool and i'm like that's what i said this is so, <laughs> cool. so uh that's the best way to describe him i'm I'm really excited to, to see day day in and day out how much more of his personality was starting to come in
0: yeah what What were some of your expectations? I mean, did you – well, let me start
1: here. Did you always think you wanted to be a father? So yes, um, just more about my upbringing. I come from a really blended family, but uh, my – the sister I could say I'm closest to because I spent the majority of my life in a house with her. Uh, We are 12 years apart. And so in a lot of ways, I kind of felt like the third parent in the house where at the age of 12, I had to learn how to change diapers. Uh, My parents got to the point where they were comfortable leaving me with a a toddler in the house to just take care of her. And so um, I grew to love hanging out with children at that age. And then we'd have a big family function. I was watching the kids. And then eventually um, when I joined a church in college, I got involved with children's ministry, which led to me working at a children's camp, which is where I met Merritt. And then Merritt was the one who told me about the company I work for, where we do school fundraising. So here I was again working with kids. So I've been working with kids for a very long time, probably since 2014, and then watching them since my my uh, sister was born back in 2007. So I kind of always knew that I was like, man, kids are just so fun. That's yeah. why I want one. So yeah.
0: <laughs> well, so okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be very vulnerable. I've never, I've actually never told this story on this podcast. Oh, yes. <laughs> but I remember – so when Melanie and I got married, right, we we kept saying, well, yeah, we want to have kids, but maybe like in five years. And five years kept, kept being five years and we just kept getting older and keep saying five years, right? <laughs> and I would remember, you know, all of my friends started having kids and stuff like that and they would make their – this is going to sound terrible. I can't believe I'm about to say this. No, you're good. <laughs> um, they you know, they would start to make their baby announcement picture, or uh, you know, whatever, post on social media and just yeah. share their good news. And they're so excited. And I remember like looking at it and just almost feeling like sorry for them, <laughs> you know, almost like <laughs> I was like, you know, poor you poor people, you like now have the responsibility of yep. a baby. like you can't. Yes. You can't live your life the way you want to live it. Like this was my There's mindset no and it back. all changed when I had kids. So it's funny to hear you say, I think there are just totally two ways. I'm mostly yeah. telling that story for people who might not feel that way because I hear you saying you love kids and you always knew you wanted to be a father and you you worked with kids and, and all that type of stuff. Like you're ready for it. I came from the perspective of, yeah, I think I want to be a father someday, but – really kids like are going to hinder my lifestyle. Does that make sense? And Uh, so I think a lot of fathers or or potential fathers would be fathers have that mindset of, oh man, this kid's
1: going to like mess up my life. Yep. That's a, that is a good point too, because at least as I got older and as an adult, young adult seeing young families in action, doing their thing, going to Murray mania for the first time, right? Seeing having to take care of your kids while also just enjoy family it started dawning on me. I'm like, okay, if I want a child, it is, there's no days off. Like I'm just on this for the rest of my life. And so that's kind of been my journey is like, man, kids are great. I want one to like slowly get into the point of like, okay, do you actually know what that means? Like there's a lot to it. (laughs) And so, um, it's been good because when the, when the time came and Merritt announced that she was pregnant, I, it just, I kind of felt like the Lord gave me this, this understanding of like, Hey, I'm glad you have a heart for this and that you we understand the burden that comes with it. So yeah, I, I resonate with that on some level now because it just took living life to kind of see that having having children is not the easiest thing. Um there's a lot to it. So yeah,
0: that's awesome. And that's that's cool what you just said though. Like you were you were prepared and got God was there for you and made sure you were ready when it was time. And that's God's grace is there for you at the time you need it. You don't often have the grace in advance, right? I mean, if I didn't need the grace to have kids until it was time to have kids. And then all of a sudden, everything changed. I had, full, you know, I, you know my story and most of the listeners know my story that, that my first two children are adopted. And so I became a father through that avenue. And when the time was ready f- to walk down that road, the grace was there for me yeah. to fully embrace. Okay. Hey, I, I thought that way. Like, I'm not proud of the way that I felt about other people's kids, but like, okay, but now it's my reality that it's time for me to have kids. Oh, okay. I can embrace that. Like I'm ready for that. God gives you the grace in the moment that you need it. And then everything changes. And then, then when you have your biological kids and you see that and have the awe and wonder of the birth experience, and it's all really, really cool. But uh, anyway, multiple, multiple ways to get to the same point, which is you now find out that you're going to be a father. Yep. So, so what, what else, what goes through your brain? I mean, what, what were some of your thoughts, nine, nine, nine,
1: eleven months, I guess, plus a
0: week. Like what's going through your mind at that point?
1: Um, it there there was so I don't know if you've ever heard of the Enneagram or if your listeners, if they if they've heard of it, it's a great tool to just understand personalities and what motivates an individual. Nine different types. I fall within the the type one, which is the refer reformer and perfectionist. And so another thing about the Enneagram one type is that we have a strong sense of duty and just doing the right thing. And so there was definitely a sense from Merritt and I that like, okay, now we want to start trying um, and like, thank the Lord by his grace. We didn't have a lot of complications in that process. So one day uh, Merritt is just upstairs and I'm downstairs just chilling after work. And she's like, Keith, can you come up here? I'm like, what? what are you like, what's wrong? You usually just come down to me. She's like, Keith, just come up here. And I'm like, okay, okay. And then like halfway up the stairs, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, it's just like, oh, she's pregnant. I'm like, you're pregnant. She's like, yes. I'm like, oh my goodness. And so it was, it was a lot of joy in that moment Um, to just know that, I, I, again, we just feel very blessed in fully recognizing that this is not the case for a lot of families. And um, I, I don't know the details of your story with Melanie, but like, I'm sure y'all ran into some difficulties as well. Actually, now that I think about it, I know you have. And so um. We we pray for those in that situation that we know of and then have counted our blessings even more to to be in our situation. And so it also had led to in that moment it's like, this is exciting. I need to pray a lot more. And so <laughs> uh I it, it just led to a lot more intentionality, which again back to this this grace and this these realizations that the Lord gave to me because of this season, like I had kind of felt that I was like I'm a young Christian in comparison to probably many. Um, probably been Christian for ten, eleven years now. Um, so started in college after just a lot of life stuff and grown up stuff kind of hit me hard. Anyway, just in my Christian walk, uh, I was starting to get to this place. Married for three to four years, and was like, okay, like I'm going to church and read my Bible, and you know, it's like, is this it? And and I don't know. It was just a weird place for me to be. But now the intentionality really started to grow with this news, and so praying a lot more, praying a lot more intentionally, not just for a healthy baby, not just for my wife, but it also led to like, man, and now I'm thinking about all these families that don't have this, this gift and this blessing or the families who it's not their time yet, or they never want it. Um, And it just led to so much intentionality that I needed. And I'm really grateful for that. So uh, yeah, it, it just made me more introspective and more grateful than ever. If I can summarize all of that.
0: No, absolutely. That's a. I mean, that's a huge thing, right? It's like, it's like a switch flips the second you get the news and it becomes real. Sometimes it takes a moment to process it. Like a few days, you're like, whoa, like we're actually pregnant. Like I'm going to have a baby, right? So for the guys, it might it might take a little bit longer to sort of warm into the idea of it. But then it's like, okay, I got nine months to sort of get myself ready. And so you said the responsibility gene kicked in, you have that responsibility in nature. So you were going to show up, you're going to be a faithful father because it's your duty, but it's more than a duty, right? I mean, and, and I want to talk about how you're feeling now, now that Webb's actually here, but but what were some of the things that you sort of realized I need to grow in this area. Like, I know you have a new job. Was there a sense of financial provision that you need to step more fully into? Are there, were there, was there anything else that you sort of intentionally realized? Here's the, here's the kind of father I want to be. Yeah. And I need to, I need to grow in a few areas over these next nine months.
1: Yeah. That's, gosh, that's a really good question. I'd say the biggest thing, um, and I can speak in this in light of who my wife is. She is. So I'm the, I come from a blended family, but in the household I grew up in, I was the first of the kids. And so I'm used to being the big sibling and taking on a lot of responsibility uh, and, again, helped raise my sister, basically. But uh, Mary is the third of three and rarely interacted with babies. And so in my mind, it's like, man, I know a lot of this stuff. Like, I got it. I'm, I'm doing my thing. And, and in turn, like early on, and she would tell you, and I'm, I'm being honest with myself, I did not do a lot to prepare for a baby because I'm like, I got it. I got it. I know what I'm <laughs> doing. Right, A lot of pride and self-righteousness, another negative Enneagram one trait uh, started kicking in. Um, and that was just a big, that was just a bummer. Like when she finally brought it to my attention and mentioned, Hey, like I've been doing all this research. What have you been doing? I've been read, like, you know, I've been reading into this, looking into this. What have you been doing? The first time she mentioned the mother load to me, I was like, what is this? Like what? And so it, again, this is where the Lord came in and really opened my eyes and showed me she's got something that you don't have. You need to listen to her, and so it led to more intentionality. It led to me stumbling upon, or not stumbling upon, because I already knew about it, but listening to a couple more episodes on this podcast. So I'm like, okay, I gotta know what it's like and just hear from people what it's like to be a father. Let me uh, subscribe to the newsletter on the Bump so that I can at least get some updates and see a few things. And it 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 was just really humbling, but I was grateful that I allowed myself to be humble, um, uh, to just to learn more in that's that process. Awesome. I, didn't, I don't know it all. Cause I was just 12 when I was helping to raise a child with my parents, like, come on, I was barely doing anything. I was changing a diaper. So, uh, yeah, it was just good that she, she spoke that, she spoke that over me and it, it kind of sparked something in me.
0: That's awesome. And, and that's a huge realization and a great, a great, just thing to admit to yourself and acknowledge and be willing to humble yourself and grow in that area. So I commend you for that, certainly. But even as much as you prepare, reality is sometimes different Mm -hmm. than what you study (laughs) on a blog or listen to on a podcast. A lot of fatherhood is learning on the fly. Uh, which, by the way, is some of the wording literally in the intro song to every one of our podcast episodes. And so we do the best we can. I want to get to that, some of what you've learned or felt or experienced, even in just these last couple of months. But let's go to the big day itself. What were, you don't have to share, you know, any, a lot of the birth experience is, is intimate and special. And I'm sure you have a, a unique, every birth experience is unique. But were there aspects of it that, were particularly poignant for you? Do you remember what you felt the moment yeah. you saw Webb? Like anything yeah. you want to share along those lines? Because that's what, like, I want to take that time machine back to that moment and relive it when I'm 80 years old. Because man, what a, what a really a once in a, you get, you get to do it once, twice, maybe four times if you have four kids, but it's a limited number of times you ever get to experience that in your life and you just went through it. What do you remember?
1: Yeah. I'll speak of it in light of just watching my wife go through labor and then, of course, seeing Webb. Three snapshots come to mind. There was – so she was scheduled for an induction, and it was good. I checked with her before I could uh, share all this, and so I I can share at least some details. Um, But she was scheduled for an induction, and it was kind of like this last-second thing that we ended up finding out, like, hey, you could go in – like, we went in for the week after uh, due date visit. And we were already kind of bummed because our, the induction got scheduled later than we wanted. But the doctor had said, hey, like we can check and see if there's any openings and found out that there was one for that same day, which would mean the baby would probably come the next day, which was her birthday. Uh, and yes. so, uh, that that was just like a, whoa, what? And so we I, I had <laughs> I had like just wrapped up a meeting before the appointment. I had one more meeting before I closed out. And I told uh, the the person I was meeting, hey, you're probably my last meeting before I go on leave. <laughs> and then um, we packed up and we we had everything ready to go. It was just loading it up into the car. We went to Chick-fil-A and it was just crazy because Merritt got really emotional and uh, nostalgic, I guess, in the moment of like, this is our last meal together, just the two of us. That was a that was a big moment. And it was crazy because like, honey, I don't know what to do if you start crying in this Chick-fil-A with all these people <laughs> but <I'm> So grateful <laughs> for recognizing this moment. <laughs> um, so that's one moment. But then. <clears throat> another thing I've observed about my wife is like, I, you know, I, I come from a wrestling background, like we just push ourselves until we are borderline about to die. And um, uh, like doing workouts with her as a young married couple, I learned like, oh, her pain threshold is not the same as mine. I was very wrong uh, during during the whole labor process. Like when she focuses and knows the goal and knows the objective, she's like, oh, yeah, this is happening. Don't worry about me. And that I tell I don't think I've said it enough. And I want to say it more like just what I saw from her during that entire period, 24 hour period was just determination to see her child. And that like made me so, so appreciative of her and just to love her more than I ever thought I would. A lot of people said that your appreciation and love for your wife's gonna skyrocket when you see her give birth. And goodness they were right. Like and I, I do my best now to just let her know like I'm so grateful for you. I love you so much. And I hope that never dies because uh this this definitely helped spark a lot of that. So that's all merit. And then when when Webb came, it was like it was, oh, man, just that moment, you know, like, you know, but, I don't know. It was really cool. He was so, okay, I'll, I'll describe what I'm seeing. He, so he comes out and you can kind of tell he's like, where, like, where am I? <laughs> 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 and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, he's he's here. He's got healthy lungs. Yeah. Um, Merritt's smiling through all the pain she's dealing with. And uh, it was just like. I wasn't in this in the best way, and hopefully, I don't sound like oh, I'm so humble. Um, but I was just so happy to see that, like, man, this son is now getting to be held by his mother, and like, this is their moment. She's been, she literally was pushing for this for like almost an hour. Let them enjoy this moment, and I'm happy they're getting to enjoy it. And so, I was just so glad because he was healthy and everything was good, and I knew my time would come. I was not worried about that, but like, in that moment, I'm like, praise the Lord the son is is with his with his mom and I'm just real happy. So yeah, I guess those are just some initial thoughts that came to mind. That
0: those are those are gold. I don't know if you've journaled about those or written those down or whatever. I mean it's that's one of the things the second time around, so so Declan was born and I have all these things that I thought I was going to remember and I have certain things that I do remember and then I'm sure there's a ton that I've forgotten and stuff and with Revelin I'm trying to be much more, in time. I was like, I have to write some of this stuff down. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? I mean, there are certain things that are seared in there forever, but other things, it's like, okay, let's write this stuff down. But but what I love about what you said, it's it's really cool. It's, it puts even a different perspective than I just recently had that I shared in the beginning of this, which is the, the cool thing about the time machine isn't just for how I'll remember and interact and have more patience with my kids, but with my wife as well, because everything you said is exactly right. It's like- it's amazing what, what they go through, yeah. witnessing that, the level of uh, of respect that you have, the level of love and joy. And and what you said at the end is exactly what I experienced with Revlon, and I shared that on a podcast, which is my excitement and joy the second time with Revlon was almost more so for Melanie. Um, wow. even than myself, you know, and that's, and that's, that's really cool that you experienced that as well, that there was just this recognition that your son was with, with his mother right where he needed to be. And there's a time for you to bond with him and, and you're his father. But in that moment she carried him to, to life and, yeah. and there they were and they had that moment. So that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Very convicting. Yeah. So, so Webb is here. Ooh. What are the last, 2 months been like 2 months plus a, a week obviously we we talk about the sleep deprivation it sounds like you guys are sort of past that phase and stuff but but yeah what do you what do you remember how have how have things changed for you i and in fact i'll use this as an opportunity just to read a quick text that Perry did send i yeah i um i asked him just if he had any thoughts he would want to share about what he sort of remembers about the birth of his first child and becoming a first time father and stuff and he said he said, "I thought I knew sacrifice as a husband, hmm. but having kids helped me realize there's a whole new level to it." <laughs> so, uh, Perry, you're spot on, right? There's there's an element of sacrifice. I mean, Merit acknowledged, "Hey, this is our last our last meal together. There's just the two of us without without a child." And so, there's that. I mean, have you had to have you had to change any of that quote unquote selfish Individual lifestyle. Now that Webb's here, you don't have to focus on that aspect of it. But I did want to share that. But but uh, what are some things that that you reflect on over these past
1: couple of months? Well, I mean, I will say this: if there are any listeners who are not fathers or expecting to be fathers, the sleep thing is real. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks, two weeks, and you'll be fine, hopefully. But man, those first two weeks feel like it's not going to end. And there were times when like Merritt was getting up for every feeding and she would try to wake me up to at least like change him while she kind of got herself together. And she would tell you, I would say, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm up eyes fully closed. And it like conked out. And then she would talk to me about the next morning. I was like, I don't remember any of this. So it was, (laughs) it was an insane time. I was trying with all my might to get up and it it just could not happen. So those were the hardest moments, at least early on. But even now, uh, Gosh, that that was just a great uh, quote to mention that the this level of sacrifice you thought it was a lot as a husband. There were a lot of crossroads I'd come to where it's like, all right, do I serve my, my wife at this point? But then now as a father, it kind of at least right now, it feels like it's a non-negotiable. It's like, all right, like, I, I got to do this. Yeah, this you know this is the best way I can take care of my family for my child. And that's. That's just new like it, it almost feels like I don't have an option because I care so
0: much that's right
1: <laughs> because it's your child you know and that and that's just a that's just the weird new reality to be in where it feels like you don't have a choice um but that's a good thing like i I'd have it no other way
0: well and i would I would just interject really quickly there uh, kudo i mean kudos to you because I actually don't think that that's every father's experience or or belief or or viewpoint about how they show up even in the early stages i mean it just seems so so normal to us that that's the way that we would view it and want to show up and and it's just what we have to do whether it's a responsibility gene or just knowing that hey i have a responsibility to this child i want to be his father i'm excited to be his father i love this child yeah. to the point where even through the sleep deprivation Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for anything, you know. But but, then there are fathers who don't show up that way. You know, we don't need to belabor what they do, but too many children don't have that experience of a father like you. So I would just, I would just applaud you for expressing that if that's your sentiment, that's actually not necessarily the norm all the time.
1: That's a good point and I I have a really good friend where just we we always have good deep conversations and one thing we we just talk about a lot like when it comes to like the individual and where where there, a lot of their successes lie a lot of the time I won't say all the time or just one of the indicators of how well they do in life is is the is their following the picture I like I'm a black male and in the black community that's a huge issue um and there's there's many there's many black males who've still succeeded with a, a single parent household, usually a mother, but, um, there's a lot of scenarios where that isn't the case. And that's, that's something that kind of in my mind, I've just internalized, but never really spoke about and just realized, oh yeah, I'm, I got to be in on this. Um, like the dad in my life came into my life, even though he didn't, like, he wasn't a part of the, the birth process, but man, he really invested in me. And now I see him very much as a father, not a stepfather, not even my adoptive father. Like he's my dad yeah, because of the things he did. And so I think I'm just blessed and to have so, to so have so many wonderful godly examples in front of me to the point where it's like, I don't have a choice, like, this is what I need to do. So, yeah, that's I'm glad you pointed that out, because I, I do recognize that and, and have seen it on some levels as well. Um, but. Yeah, just to the other changes now that he is here in our lives, I think the biggest thing is just like the logistics of life. Um, I mean, now that Merritt's back at work, the the past, like this week, we kind of starting to get a grip on how we both work. Grandparents watching him, getting him there. One of the grandparents coming here. Um, but man, the week before, I was like, oh, my gosh, I did not schedule well for, the, well for this. Merritt was expecting me to just have everything covered. Uh and I'm I'm starting to let her down. Okay, I got to tighten up, you know. So it was like the, the life I used to live, like I could afford to kind of slip up on a scheduling thing. But now I'm starting to realize, like, I got to think through this more. We need to think through this more. Um, our Another example, our church loves to do everything on Sundays, which uh, we have an amazing church. But the, the challenge is the fact that they do everything on Sundays. I'm a part of the worship team. Every now and then I'm helping out with child care. Um, merit helps out with the youth, which also meets on Sundays and our small group meets on Sundays. So now we're like, how in the world are we going to do all of these things, take care of a child and eat (laughs) 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 that that's just, and again, the Lord has been very gracious. Our, our small group is now choosing to move to a different day during the week. And I'm like, Whoa, you know what we needed and you've answered the prayer, but that's, that's been the biggest change is like, because he's here how our day is structured just changes and those little logistics, the planning that we need to, like, we thought we were good at it before. We're really being tested now. So, um, but I'm grateful. My wife is the the logistics master. So that's good. I gotta...
0: And sometimes, sometimes you just have to say no to things, you know, I mean, yeah. if web is the priority as he needs to be, Things will change. There's a season, right, as Ecclesiastes says, there's a season to everything. And right now you're in a season where you have to pour into him and you're creating those bonds and you need the time. And if the logistics become too much, I would just encourage you to, you know, to say no even to good things because they'll still be there in the future that you can come back to him. But uh that's just that's a reality sometimes as you make him the priority. So
1: that's good to hear. I'll need to be reminded of that every year because I know I'm going to be tempted so
0: what's your favorite thing about being a father what what do you enjoy right so there's the logistics and it's hard and you're sleep deprived but but what do you like the most when you come home from work or you know whatever it is what what are you having fun with as a father
1: oh man um i try to find the there's like these just quiet moments in between you know like life is just going it's it's fast it's really busy but man, when when I can have an opportunity, there's so there's, there's two like snapshots that come to mind when uh, Merritt wants me to like feed him one more time before bed. Like the dream feed is, is what I've heard it called. And it's just him and I, Merritt's already asleep. And there's just like those sweet, quiet moments where it's just him and I and like he's not losing it. He's, he's he's very cozy. And I'm like, OK, like he he recognizes that I'm his dad and I'm I'm feeding him right now with a bottle. And then even when um someone's holding him, like his grandparents, and uh, you just catch him at a certain angle where he's just, just looking blankly out. And goodness, he's just so cute. And you're like, oh my God, it's like, I love you so much. And so that those have been the moments that really, at least right now, I'm like, oh my goodness, this was so worth it. And good. Yeah. Like you said, time machine. I'd, I'd be ready to go back just for two months, just to to relive, relive it all again, because there's so many precious moments happening already. And I'm excited for the toddler age. I'm excited for the elementary age where he thinks everything I like is cool. I'm excited for high school to where he gets into sports, hopefully. Um, And then I can be like, you got this, come on. So uh, it's just good to know that, man, there's something to look forward to in each season. And And I'm experiencing a lot right now. So That's, that's exactly
0: right. They, and I think God makes them that way, right? They do so many things at every step that just totally endears them to you. And so, you know, and, and I remember two months, I feel like that they're starting to be so much more aware and engage and yes. make eye contact, you know, like all those types of things. <laughs> smile. I think is he smile. He's smiling. You know, all that type Start of stuff. Smile. And so, so yeah. And then their personality emerges more and more and more, and just like every step of the way, they just endear themselves more and more to you, and it makes you love them like crazy, so that you can yes. put up with them when they become teenagers. <laughs> you know, exactly. it's like And then you need that time <laughs> machine, and but they've already yeah. won your heart by that point, so
1: that's good. There you go. That's so good. <laughs> I really need to make sure I never lose this album because I might have to look back at it and be like, okay, yeah, yeah, I still love him.
0: <laughs> That's exactly right. And write stuff down. Yeah, uh, cool. Amen. Very cool. Just really quickly, thinking about your fa- your your dad, um, your adoptive father. Who's your Who's your dad? What uh, What have, What have you learned from him? Have you thought like what types of things do you want to carry into fatherhood? I mean, I know I asked you this earlier. Like, what kind of father do you want to be? But are the things intentionally that that he did well with you, ways he showed up in your life, that is like this is how I'm I plan to
1: show up as a father moving forward? You know, it it's it's funny that you say that. It kind of reminded me of a like a word I set for myself this year. I I'm it is what September, I doubt I lived up to this word at all. But stoicism is kind of what I wanted to go for this year, isn't growing in that uh my my mom's side of the family is from Liberia west africa so there's just a lot like the culture is very like expressive and emotive and uh a lot of that i've inherited which is totally fine i love it but i did wanted to take on more stoic qualities especially in the workplace especially as we pre- prepared to have a child um so that i could not easily be rattled by things as they come um or not you know emotion in a negative way emotionally react to things um I don't know if I've grown in that. I need to continue to grow in it. But someone who does it really well is my dad. And he's just, I mean, he's like your classic stoic figure. And hopefully that, hopefully you're honored by this if you listen to this. Um, he's just cool, calm, collected in most situations. Um, and he's just cool in general. He's really funny. Like, he's really silly, especially over text. Um, and that, that level-headedness from a father, especially there was a time in my life when he I didn't have one um like especially during my elementary school years for like 2 3 years there uh to have that then just kind of really put me on like a okay like I don't need to worry cuz he's not worried um there there was just a lot of opportunities in my life where I uh I felt like I I could have freaked out over a thing like you know the the uh economic recession back in 08 like I feel like that was a reason for a lot of people to freak out I never felt like I did because he was just, he just knew what he was going to do. He always had a plan to make sure our, our family's taken care of, always fed. I never felt like we were missing out um, on anything, despite the hardships I know my parents were facing. And so that's something I really hope I continue to grow in so that when Webb really sees and can remember uh, how I am, was as a father, uh, he can see like. Like, like my my dad was steadfast like he never was easily rattled by things and I think I for that I have a long ways to go but um I do have a great father to to model that for me
0: yeah that's that's huge that's very convicting even for me because we look to our fathers and webb is looking to you as a source of strength and stability and somebody he can depend on and if we are if we see our fathers freaking out and I even heard this in the context of you know when when we lose our temper with our kids when we yell at our kids yeah it hurts them in a lot of different ways and this is me me speaking to me for sure what it really does is it betrays a lack of stoicism emotional accountability uh safety that the kids don't feel with you in that moment and so to be sure that is something to strive for and that's awesome that you had that modeled well for you and i find that what was modeled well for us, we tend to tend to grow into, and so I'm sure you're a lot further along than you think you are. And <laughs> you know, you're only two months into fatherhood, anyway. So by the you know, but and you're and you're there and you're solid and you're going to be the the male presence that Webb needs in the early years. And by the time it gets to the point where you're fathering him, I I'm confident you'll be that that rock that he needs. And as we often talk about on this podcast, you'll be able to point him to the rock, the 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 true. Uh, dependable father that he'll be able to depend on always. So that's really cool.
1: That's good. Yeah. yeah thanks for that. I appreciate it.
0: Cool. Well, I it's it's been fun getting to know Webb a little bit. You know, I've seen pictures on social media and you and I have texted a little bit, uh, but it's it's fun to hear more about him. Can't wait to meet him in person, but yes. really just fun to sort of relive some of the past few months through your oh, stories yeah. and your experience. You could just, I mean, you're just... It, it comes through the the camera when, when we post pictures just how happy you both seem and how raptured you are with with your son which is really cool to see but then even just to hear it in your voice and see your smile and all that stuff'm I'm, I'm super happy for you guys and excited to see to see your fatherhood journey continue. we're, we're in it yeah. man we're in it you're in it we're and in it. Uh, there's no going back.
1: Uh, um, Yeah, honored to be a part of the the League of Fathers. Um, I see what all the hype's about. I can definitely say that.
0: Awesome. Well, we will wrap up this conversation and thank you all for listening. As always, if you are about to be a father, hopefully this has been inspiring for you and you're hopeful and optimistic and looking forward to experiencing these things on your own. And for those of us who... Are a little bit further removed from the from the birth experience. Let's uh let's just try to spend some time reliving reliving those days and tapping into what is so special about human life and the ability to father our children. So with that, we will bid you adieu and talk with you again on the next episode of the Faithful Fatherhood Podcast. Take care, everyone.